Now we go into the section of the show where we talk about what we have seen in the cinema recently. This is probably going to be a bit of a doozy, <laughs> seeing as we haven't been here for a month and we are all holders of a Cineworld Unlimited card, which means we can see as many films as we want without paying anything extra. So there is nothing to stop us from going to watch every single piece of rubbish that is out there. And we do. We do. Now, just, you are in the just, hospital. Just, yeah. just one little thing. I'm just going back to that train, that Margaret Rutherford film was um, Murder, she wrote. So, 1963 oh, really? film. Yeah. Golly. So, and she played... the Miss Marple. Uh, yeah, Miss Marple. Oh, okay. And, and a murder takes place on a train. She witnesses someone get strangled on the Mystery train. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. <laughs> okay, right. Okay. So, now, you're in the hospital at the moment, but we are hoping that you are going to get out of the hospital sometime soon like Joyce people like Joyce you're going to get back to Cardiff and we think what better way to convalesce than to go to the cinema sit down and watch some stuff but we don't want you to go out there and watch the rubbish oh no we do not we want you to go out there and watch the good stuff so we have gone we have watched these films and we're going to tell you what's good what's definitely not the way they used to make them anymore and what is still okay and wonderful and worth uh, about an hour or two of your time so, what have we seen, guys? I, I think we should talk about what we said, the uh, Risen, yeah? Yeah. We, yes. Yeah. Have like, you seen Risen as well? I, I wanted to, but... Yeah, it wasn't I, I on think, very long. It was it, I, like I think it wasn't on very long, and I'm not sure whether that week I was on... I was on, busy being an duty. extra, <laughs> or whether I was throwing up. Because, uh, right, yeah, because oh, you weren't very well. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, very yeah. well, yeah. But, but, yeah, Risen. Risen, yeah. Well, you were saying about Jesus doesn't smile in um, Gospel according to St. Matthew. He does smile all the time in this, doesn't he? He is your... Yeah, what you would, what I would call your warm, proper Jesus. He's, he's very smiley. warm, and yeah. he is actually. He, actually, to be honest, he did look. I could understand how he would, you know, be attractive to lots of people because yeah. he's just, he's just so. I mean, I don't know if it was the cinematography that did it, but yeah, I was, I was quite, I was oh, quite impressed nice. with the movie as well. And I'm not, you know, I'm so not for anyone who hasn't, isn't aware of what Risen oh, is sorry. about, <laughs> Risen is a film where it's seen from the point of view of a Roman tribune who is played by Joseph Fiennes, who most of us will know from Shakespeare in Love. Um, so Joseph Fiennes' character is a Roman tribune who, who was sent into Jerusalem, having sort of dealt with this Jewish uprising on Good Friday, effectively. And he's sent to the cross, or the, the scene of crucifixion, because they're worried there's going to be more disturbances in the city. So he gets there just after Jesus has died. So he sees Jesus dead on the cross and the two people either side dying carries on he's told right when jesus is dead bury him seal the tomb because we don't want any of these uppity disciples stealing the body and then telling everyone that he's risen mm -hmm. so he then goes and you see him sealing the tomb with wax seals and ropes cut to the next day jesus body's gone and the roman guards are nowhere to be seen and so then he set the task to investigate where is the body what's happened to jesus body hence the risen and then he tries to track down the disciples and the guards and they tell him, well, you know, Jesus is alive. <laughs> and so he ends up going to the upper room. And if you're not familiar with the Bible story, the disciples are all in hiding. And then they're in the upper room and then Jesus appears amongst them. And he says to Thomas, you know, look at my hands, look at my side. And look, give me that bit of fish. I'm going to eat it to prove that it's me. And we are there. The tribune, Clavius, comes into the room just as Jesus is there. So he sees the man he saw was dead on the cross in the room. And then the disciple, and he says to Thomas, which is one of my friend's favourite scenes, he says to Thomas, Thomas, where have you been? <laughs> and he yeah. puts his arm around him. And it's a really affectionate scene, like puts his arm around him. And he says, and, he's, and Thomas says, like, is it really you? And he says, yes, look. And then he just shows him his arms and his side. Mm -hmm. So it's not done in a whole, you know, doubting Thomas Cause, way. It's cause really the, affectionate. 
Because the Tribune at the very start of the crucifixion is there, isn't he? So he gets a real yeah. close-up of... So he, he really knows what, yeah. um, what this person then, looks like. Basically, the rest of the film, he, the Tribune decides not to go back to the barracks or to talk to Pilate. He's so curious about what he's seeing that he follows the disciples to Galilee and he's at Galilee when Jesus appears to the disciples there and he's present for the ascension effectively but he also gets to witness a couple of miracles like a healing of a leper the the, the miraculous that, horde of that, fish that fishing one fish and the he, other side and he has a private oh. conversation with jesus as well he has like this one-to-one talk with okay, jesus okay cool so now the thing is when i first heard about this film it sounded to me like you know csi jerusalem and yeah. and it's and I liked that idea. I liked that idea because I was speaking earlier about you know how Pasolini not being a Christian, um, sort of like freed him up from you know sort of slavish depiction of this is what it was. Yeah. And okay, so we're in the room. We have uh, Sharon. You're a Christian. Sean, I wouldn't. I'm, you're I'm, not. I'm not Christian. Yeah. No. Yeah. You would. You wouldn't call yourself that. And so, but Sean, you, but you said you actually quite like this film. I did like this film. Yeah, very okay. much. And I could I I could understand why the the um, myth of Jesus was, you know, you know, if there was a myth of Jesus, I could understand how it could possibly happen. You yeah, know? and I mean, the the guy was very, very charismatic, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, the guy who played Jesus. Tribute. Yeah. Is it so. Cliff Curtis? He's a he was a Maori yeah. actor. He's, I, well, he's a New Zealand actor with Maori ancestry. So uh, okay. he's very. And I'll tell you what was funny. Like I, I tell you what was funny is um, I watched when I was over with my parents because they watch watch. Well, I did watch some good westerns for Junior Mavis with my dad, but I did watch. I decided I'd watch um, Fear the Walking Dead, mm. and oh, he's yeah. actually in Fear the Walking Dead. Like a no Jesus. No. <laughs> what's he doing? Jesus because, zombie. Because zombie I'd, for Jesus. I'd seen this guy before. Yeah, he's suddenly in a zombie. Well, you know what's he doing in the zombie? Series, you know, because I'd seen Fear the Walking Dead first. So oh, when I right. saw him, so I was you... like going, "Hey!" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I was, I was, I was quite surprised at that. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I, I think it's a, a really, really good film, and you know, it's not, it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's got no religious bias really at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, you know, it's just someone like you say, this Tribune witnessing what goes on, yeah. and you could understand, you know. But, but from from what Sharon says, it seems to come definitely down on the side of Jesus definitely did rise from the dead. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and from what you said, way, it, but... it sounds like it, it comes down on that quite early on. Yes. Yeah, it comes it comes up quite early on, which which makes me a little bit sad because I think that it it sounds to me. I know Sharon, you said there were some bits of it you didn't like, but it sounds to me like it would have been a stronger film if you'd had this guy walking around trying to figure it out and it was a bit ambiguous as to whether Jesus had risen from the dead until later on even if you're going to show that he well, has well not. I think it was ambiguous I, I think it was ambiguous well he's there in the room with the risen Jesus oh, just afterwards and he says you know I saw this man dead and he's now alive yeah. so that to me the only thing I found that I didn't like about it was because he did witness these things he was there in the room and he was there for the miracles and he was there for the ascension and it's like he didn't have to believe anything because it was all there in front of him Okay. So it's not about faith or about, you know, believing what he's been told. He's witnessed it himself, so he's only has to believe the evidence of his own eyes. Okay. And uh, there's the things. One, sorry. Again, I was just going to say, and Sean, you were saying about um, you like you, but you think it's um, you still think it's ambiguous. I but... still think it's ambiguous. Yeah. Okay. Wh- wh- think... Why do you why do you think um, that? Because it well, sounds because it sounds like if they showed because... him with the risen Jesus, Jesus, it's kind of like they're trying to say, yeah, he definitely did rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know because. You don't really see. You don't really see. He, he just appears. So they 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 go into the the cave and the body's not there. Yeah. You know, um, the the guards that are on the cave, they've they fell asleep. They went drunk. So maybe 
something could have happened where they actually, you know, some, they, I know he just checked the knots and all that, and he says, oh, these knots weren't cut by knives, you know, and all that sort of thing. But I personally still think, for, for me, I mean, I know it was it was very still ambiguous, you know. Uh, so, so for you, your thing is whether he whether Jesus actually died in the first place or something, or what? Yeah, I'm pretty certain he. he, he you know, it did. Learn. I mean, it was, I mean, the evidence was over, overwhelming, really, because I mean, but they even, um, I, I, I still think it was ambiguous. You know? mm, so, okay, that's that, good. and they even pull. They wait a few days, though. I must say, because they have to go for all the because they want to find this body of Jesus. Yeah. They want to. Um, they're looking for all the old corpses, and he says, "Oh, just pick one because, you know, they won't know." What? After, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after two days in this <laughs> yeah, could be anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, because the thing is, it's it is a film that when I first heard of it and I saw the first trailer, I was like, I like this. Yeah, I like yeah. I, I like because it's it's a different angle on it than your. I keep using the word slavish. So like you know adherence to this is the this is the um the passion story is like you know yeah. said, this is the nativity story this is the passion story this is how we were and it, I felt like oh there was an opportunity here to do something a bit different to. Yeah. So like maybe even go from the historical historical account, accounts at that time, yeah, at that not time. necessarily the Bible, just the his, other historical accounts. Mm-hmm. People saying this is what we've noticed that's going on in Jerusalem at this time, and yeah. nobody knows where this body is, and all that kind of stuff. Because I mean, even I think I, I mean he was a recognized character. I mean, I think even the the Quran has got Jesus in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, so he, he was definitely about you know, and there's so well it's it's, it's right. one of these things that from a historical point of view there's no doubt he existed yeah he definitely existed it, the the big question becomes who was yeah, he what happened it's, to it's him? only two people isn't it that actually witnessed the resurrection is it, is it like mary magdalene or somebody saw well, him on the... well they didn't witness the resurrection oh, no, they itself but, it, but they, they saw they him when he was saw, risen but him, yeah. lots of people apparently saw him when the, he was risen if you believe yeah. the gospels well, yeah. well but things that even um, even the even the historical things they have accounts of people saying that they saw him but the question mm. is whether these people were crazy or what <laughs> yeah yeah so it's yeah. it's so, just i mean yeah. things through history get changed that may in different mm. different yeah so like so it's so i, I think that there was quite I, I still i still want to see this film I still yeah yeah no it's it's, it's it's a great film I, I i really enjoyed it as i say and and not from a, a religious perspective at all i, I enjoyed it as a film Okay. Mm. Yeah, some had some interesting points to make, yeah. and as you say, it was good to see a film starting at Good Friday and not finishing at Good Friday, yeah. Yeah. and then dealing with that period from Good Friday to the Ascension, effectively. Which mm. usually doesn't. That is that's usually. That's a never in it. That's it's never in it. And they did it very well. They did the Ascension very well. Mm. I thought. Was it the Ascension? That was the when the, he the, when the, Jesus goes up the, to heaven. Oh right. All right. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. What else have we seen? Um. Right, okay. Well, you guys probably have Well, there's seen the it. good, the bad, and the ugly, I think we could describe them as, can't we? Should we go with the good, which I thought was Hail Caesar? I liked Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar was uh, good. Hail Caesar I was, saw that. Was, Hail Caesar was, great, was really, great really movie. good. I saw it twice, actually, I have to say. Mm. I liked that. And do you know the bit I like? I like the, the bit on, on the sub. I don't know why, I just really liked the, the bit with, with the, the, on the submarine. With the oh, submarine. The submarine oh. <laughs> Channing Tatum. I really liked that bit. Wow. There you go. That's what okay, we're so, going to say. Okay, so Hill Caesar, this is the movie that is, <laughs> is set at a 1950s Hollywood film studio, sure. and obviously because of the way it is, like 1950s Hollywood film studios, you have your you have your stars, and it's almost kind of like uh, it's it's essentially set at the golden age of Hollywood. So the time when you had Gene Kelly and Esther Williams, and oh, I keep forgetting the singing cowboy's name, but Gene Autry. Yeah, Gene Autry. So you, when you had all these people, and the studio more or less controlled their lives, and you, and you have 
um and it's set in this studio and it's all about it's pretty much about the guy. It's not really about the stars. It's almost no, about... It's a day in the life of this studio executive almost, yeah, isn't studio it? Studio executive who is going around putting out all these fires because the image of the, the, image of the stars affects the studio because if the, if, the, if the stars are contracted to the studio and people do not like this star or think that this star is cheating on his wife or anything like that. If, so it's essentially putting out fires and making sure that none of this stuff gets out. And it's about being a Coen Brothers movie. It has all these sort of like little weird quirks to it. <laughs> so... Yeah. So, um, and and the and the background to this is that this is also around about the time of the Senator McCarthy witch hunts. Yeah, this sort of where you're thinking, right under the bed. Yeah, where you're thinking, okay, where are the communists? Are they in? Are they in Hollywood? And so there's that little element <laughs> to it as well. Has a cracking cast. And Sean, you want to say something? I do, because when I saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be some sort of whodunit. Because what I really liked about this, the trailer wasn't really. I was expecting. Oh, what's going to happen is, yeah somebody's going to disappear and he's going to get all these actors together as like a little group and go and go yeah. and solve the problem but yeah. it wasn't that at all was it no, no. It, wasn't. no it wasn't that at all it, so. it was more it was more like they had him Thank and you. then he was walking around as, as he's trying to do this he sort of like walks into this film set and they're making a musical in this film set with, where Channing Tatum is obviously obviously a Gene Kelly sort of kind yeah. of character yeah. and they do this whole dance sequence where they're thinking we ain't gonna see no dames yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I tell you and, and even even then that that musical sequence I actually really liked that it thought, was good it was spot on it was spot, spot on. on the song was spot on spot the move was spot on I was like this I actually I actually was wondering whether that that was a song from a musical that was a scene yeah. from a existing musical but it isn't they just made it up for the film and I was really really impressed with it I think it's I think it's a very very funny film because you have you have um John Wayne, pretty. I mean, not John Wayne. George, George Clooney. Yeah, yeah, George Clooney. Yes. He, he pretty much plays like a John Bale, Wayne character. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the way he is. He's so cool, isn't he? Though, yeah, you know, with, with them, he's like, oh, really? <laughs> well, so, so the whole like, so so you have this guy Eddie Eddie. I can't remember. It was Eddie Block or something like that. Who's the fixer, played by Josh Brolin, and the main thing is that his biggest star, played by George Clooney, gets kidnapped. So George Clooney gets kidnapped and. It's all about who's kidnapped him and all that. Turns out that George Clooney has been kidnapped by this bunch, by this group calling themselves the Future. And when George Clooney goes in to meet them and everything, they're like, "Oh, we just want to get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to get like a ransom because we want to. We want to." Yeah, they're uh, all writers, aren't they? Yeah. They're like script writers who so don't get any credit yeah. for the, the, the films they mm. make. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's even like his reaction to being kidnapped when yeah. he starts listening to them and he's like, oh yeah, so tell yeah, me more about this. Yeah, tell yeah, me yeah, about yeah, the future. Yeah. <laughs> and all that. It's, it's and just... the name Hale Sewers is because he's been kidnapped from the set of his this blockbuster picture yeah hail caesar hail caesar which is a story a, of the christ exactly it? it's, it's essentially christ. it's essentially ben hur this is totally the easter show this is our <laughs> easter show just a couple of weeks late yeah. i told you biblical epics <laughs> like, and so yeah it's a he's from uh, he's been kidnapped from that and they're trying to get him back so they can finish off the movie but then you get to see uh, like a uh, Scarlett Johansson who's playing uh, like the Esther Williams character so they have this whole sequence that's all like you know the sort of swimming water ballet that they do and all that kind of stuff which is which is really really and it's, it's just really well done all these all these bits are really well and all the bits of the films that you see and you have like uh, the singing cowboy Hobie Doyle played by a character played by an actor called Alden Ehrenreich <laughs> you even have Carmen Miranda shows yeah. Yeah, that's it that's <laughs> That's, that's so so good, so good. So I think for anybody who loves films, anybody who loves films, 
this is like especially if you like that sort of 50 it's so cool because you're you're watching all this thing you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god and i finally saw the scene that sharon you were talking about before it oh, came yeah. out that which is the standout scene of the it entire is, it's movie it's the best film in the film it, it's it's the bit where you have ralph fines or ray fines who's playing an uh, english director oh, what, what with the, the speech yeah the speech yes, i'm trying to think what's his name it's um, lawrence 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Call me that, Mr. Lorenz. See, see, I didn't find that bit as as that was one thing. Oh, uh, oh well, when, when I was watching that in the cinema, people were like rolling around laughing, it's just because it's essentially him. He's trying to sh- he's trying to shoot this one line. He's trying to shoot this one line in this scene, and they just Word keep doing it, it o- over and over and over again. And, when, and even the bit where they show what they eventually film for that scene is, I just think it's this is a really really well put together film. It's really really funny, and like uh, and like you know, you're talking about the bit with the Russian submarine yeah, and all yeah. it's, I just think it's, it's a really funny film Can I just say um, one thing here going off on a well, not, not really a tangent but on about the 50s um, um, you know you know where the studios used to run everything well as I say I was with, with my sort of father last week me watching old Randolph Scott movies <coughs> and Randolph Scott said oh he was um, you, you know he's gay I said no no I said he goes yeah yeah I think he was you know there's lots of things and he used to room with Cary Grant oh yeah and so I looked, I was looking on the internet and all that, and it was saying that the studio, yeah, there was definitely something going on, but the studio used to send girls over to the flat. They'd sort of pay girls to go over because they couldn't, during that time, they couldn't, you know. They couldn't, like, they, they, yeah, they, they couldn't, couldn't admit that. Because there is this right. running there theme, some, isn't there, throughout well, the film? Well, there's, there's lots of photos of them together, and they certainly, Cary Grant and Randolph Scott, and they certainly, <laughs> certainly <laughs> look like there's something going on there. Because there's so, this yeah. theme throughout the Pale like Caesar the with these two gossip columnists, columnists saying yeah. what happened on the set of this film. Yeah. And the implication <laughs> is that there was a bit of a yeah. sort of gay romance going, going on. on. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like saying, if this came out, it would ruin his career. career. It would yeah. ruin his career. Yeah, yeah. It will bring the studio down, yeah. all that sort of if stuff. Ben but that was it. You know, when I saw it was Cary Grant, I was like, whoa. So <laughs> that was, I mean, yeah, I've yeah. heard that about Cary Grant. I just, I just say, I just choose to go, hang on, where the film's good, Yes. Yeah. It doesn't care. matter. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't care. So, all right. Because so no, hell sees a good one. So you said the good, the bad, the ugly. Well, the bad and the ugly. I think we can combine into one film. Allegiant. Yeah. Is just my reaction anytime I hear. Don't think we so need Allegiant to elaborate on that one. Allegiant. No, yeah. Okay. So this is this is. I okay. mean, it may appeal to YA people. Yeah. <laughs> young young adults. Young adults. Youth, but, pr- probably you girls. Know, I've only le- I've only learned that on this show. You know. Well, a couple YA. of weeks when you told me what YA, YA was. stands for. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is this is the Divergent series, and this is a uh, like you have a couple of them now. You had the Hunger Games, you had the Hunger Games, mostly good. You had the Maze Runner, one good film, one rubbish film, and so it's where you they take the Twilight. Oh, good God! All rad, all bad. The fifth wave was uh, the fifth wave awful. was the YA. Started off, started the fifth wave started off really, really good, and then it just was like. Ugh. Well, the chat we mentioned just now, Aaron, was it the guy who was. Toby Alden Ohenrek. He was in a YA adaptation, Beautiful Creatures, where they only made one because oh, yeah. it wasn't. He yeah, was in he that. Was. I thought I'd seen him somewhere before. So it's, there's a whole these there's 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 a whole bookshelf of YA novels. There's loads of them out there. There's it's a huge market. It's a huge and market. And they are trying to find the next Twilight where they can yeah. make billions of pounds from them. Yeah. And they make a couple and then they're not getting there. So Divergent is one of the success stories in that it's actually gotten to a third film. Yes. And they decided to split the final book into two films. Quite frankly, 
I saw the first one and I thought I'm done with this because this is a bunch of rubbish because I didn't think that there was much in the first one. The premise didn't make much sense. And so well done to you guys for carrying and watching we stuck it to out. this, to this stage. Out. But we saw we saw Allegiance together, didn't we? And we did, like, yeah. <laughs> and we were thinking, life is too short to sit through. <laughs> 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 to so, sit through another film with mindless running around. Yeah, so, it was. It was uh, every shot was like, People were running with nowhere to go. It was just like, it was funny. You could see it. Every, we felt the same, didn't we? We really? exactly did. They were just, we basically did. It was just like, okay, everybody. You know, you could see the extra director. You might have, <laughs> good job you weren't on it. Otherwise, okay, everybody we, to the left. It goes, no, but it wasn't. It wasn't even like that. There's it was no coordination like, it was like, there. they weren't running anywhere in particular. So, like, there's this big camp and there's some people turn up and they just, people are running in all directions. You know, they're not running away. They're not running. They're, some are running towards, some are running sideways. They're just all. And then there was another shot when they're in the city and people are just running anywhere. And they would know. It's, and, like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Well, okay. The first, the, the first film, right? Because there's this whole conceit in the film about people being split into different factions in a dystopian Chicago. And so they had this faction, Dauntless, who was supposed to be the brave ones. And, that is my wife and I watched the first one. We thought this is stupid because all Dauntless do is go woohoo, yeah, then it. jump on a train. Yeah, without <laughs> using, yeah, waiting for it to stop. He's yeah. like, hey, that's brave. That's, that's brave. stupid. That's all they do. That's all. They, it's like yeah, they, they're more likely called stupid. Yeah. So so essentially, it got to the point where the, it's become a running joke between my wife and I that I just go woohoo, choo choo, <laughs> <laughs> and that's like that is our shorthand for. Uh, in, for the entire Divergent series yeah. and also for anything that's really yeah. rubbish. Yeah. But so, yeah, I've, I've, I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't going to bother with that. I'd say well, it was bad oh. and ugly. Yeah. And the other two, I would say, were just were, were, were fun. I watched Eddie the Eagle. Okay, well, the thing is, we, we have what, what we're going to do is that we have to get off air at 7.30. So we will get off air and we will stop the show, but we will continue talking more about the films and we'll have that as a special on the bo- podcast. Okay, so... Yeah, so don't feel like you have to you have to sort of like have shorten to squeeze it. it in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll mention them so just as a teaser to come back for the podcast. Yeah, good. So um, the other two I've seen is Eddie the Eagle. I oh, saw yeah. that this week, and I saw Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, ah. I've seen Ten Cloverfield Lane. I saw Ten Cloverfield Lane. I saw. I mean, the big one that it's the big one that I saw that we are not going to have time to talk about, and we will talk about it on the podcast is Batman versus Superman. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, so that's not on my list. But okay. it's. I'm waiting to hear your reviews on it. Okay, cool. Okay, good, good stuff. That will be on the podcast. So, Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, I don't know how factually correct it is, but it's a very warm-hearted look at the whole 1988 Olympic Games where Eddie the Eagle went to Calgary Olympics and caused an enormous splash. Yeah, uh, for some of the good reasons, some bad reasons. I just wanted to say, I, I just found this out the other day and it totally blew my mind that Eddie the Eagle and Cool Runnings happened yeah. at the same Winter Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean... What I, I because what, yeah what because happened was, that year? I, I was reading something about Eddie the Eagle and they said 1988 and they were like Calgary and I was like mm-hmm. then they said oh and he went back there 25 years later and was in a zip like one of the guys from the Jamaican Bob City and I was like wait what what they were oh the my same god year. it was the same year yep. that was a bit like the most awesome Olympics ever <laughs> it was like the Olympics of the underdog but sorry anyway carry- no it's a little bit Billy Elliot at the beginning where you see him as like this young cl- clumsy child who is inspired by the Olympic Games of like 1973 and his dream is to be in the Olympics and then he discovers sort of skiing as a young boy dry scope skiing and he thinks the Winter Olympics that's for me and he does become a very accomplished skier <laughs> And you see him then trying to pursue his dream on the skiing team to get on to the British team. And then his attention turns to ski jumping. And then you see him basically, his story of how he got to the Olympic Games. 
and how he meets, I think, a largely fictional character, but played by Hugh Jackman, who becomes like his coach, who he himself is like an Olympian of previous generation, who now lives in Germany and t- sort of tends the ski slopes. But he sort of gives him all these tips and he trains him and he strengthens him and he gives him like the inspiration to go and fulfill his dream mm-hmm. and it's not so much about sort of like a success you know in the, the olympic field but it's that the, the the spirit of the olympic games and that it's better to try and fail than not to try at all you know yeah. it's about that that going for it and and one of the uh, the fellow ski jumpers who's more sympathetic than a lot of the other people around him says you know you and I are closer together. You're, I'm first and you're last, but we, the two of us are closer together than all those people down there because they never try it. You're up here trying it. And, you know, we are gods, or effectively, and yeah. they're all just the little people. But, you know, you are the brave ones. We're the brave ones who come up here and jump and off. Try and kill ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so it's warm-hearted in that it's looking at Eddie the Eagle, not as to ridicule him, not as to laugh at him, but to say, you know, you know what? You went for it. Even though you knew you were going to come last, you still went for it and you followed your dream and you did a brave thing. Okay. So in that way, I thought it was, a, it was a nice sort of film that, you know, made you feel, yeah, let's, yeah, let's clap him rather than laugh at him. <laughs> okay, so quick word, because I know I've seen the trailers and I heard a little bit about the performance. So give me one word on performance of Taron Edgerton as Eddie the Eagle. Warm-hearted. Warm-hearted. Cool, good, good stuff. All right, we are out of time for our actual broadcast we're going to finish at 7 30 but we will continue talking do check out the sunshine radio website look for they don't make them like they used to and you will hear more on all the other films we're talking about but in the meantime uh, stay safe um get well soon listen to your doctors and remember that as always everybody they they don't don't make make them like like they they used to. to thank you so much for listening to us today interested and can spare a couple of hours a week call the hospital when you get home Okay, and we're back. We're now off the air, but now... So, Eddie the Eagle. So, Taron Edgerton. Because, okay, you guys would have been aware of Eddie the Eagle the first time it happened, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, I... Well, I've, I'd, I've, I wasn't aware of it at all. I wasn't even in this country. So, but Taron Edgerton, I've seen video footage, and he seems like he puts in quite a good sort of recreation of what Eddie the Eagle was like. Yeah, because Eddie the Eagle had, has got a unique look. He has quite a long jaw yep. and he had these big, big glasses. And Taron Edgerton, he's like a good-looking boy and I think he's better looking than Eddie the Eagle was. But he does put in that awkwardness. You know, he has got like that slightly ungainly quality about him and he does try to sort of do this sort of, sort of underbite thing. Yeah. And he has wears the big glasses and whenever he gets a bit uncomfortable, he's like adjusting his glasses. <laughs> so, but he does play him really engagingly, I mm. think. And with a because it's one of those films that would be so easy to laugh at Eddie the Eagle. Mm-hmm. As people did at the time, I remember at the time, that people were torn between loving him and absolutely thinking it was a disgrace. Yeah. That he was an embarrassment. It wasn't something, you know, a testament of courage. It was embarrassing that this is a man who was jumping 70 metres when the world record was 114 metres. You know, he was like 40 metres short of the standard. Mm. But because... But I thought they did it very well. I thought in, they did acknowledge that, that people did regard him as an embarrassment. But they said, you know, you know what, he isn't there because he wants to win. He's there because he just wants to take part and he wants to do his best. And he does. Every time he goes for it, he gives it his all. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's a, a sort of an uplifting film in that regard. But it was made by, directed by Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, I like him as a director. And I think he does some, he's done some really nice films. I really liked Sunshine on Leith. He, it's only his third film as a director. And let's see, 
the at least one of his other films that's featured on this show, Wild Bill. Yes, Wild Bill. Yeah, that, that's Wild one of my choices. Yeah, hey. you, you chose Wild Bill as a. I think it was an exception to the exception. Rule. No, 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 on the was, island. no, it was an island. It was yeah, an island it was movie. filmed partly on the Isle of Wight. Yeah. So it was you chose Wild Bill as a film partly on the Isle of Wight. So Dexter Fletcher, he's done that. He's done Sunshine and Leith and this. And I really like him as a director. Yeah. I think the people have described him as a director who likes a happy ending. And yes. I think, What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> But it's good, and there's good cast. I mean, Hugh Jackman, Christopher Walken comes in it, mm-hmm. and then some British character actors. There's Mark Benton in there. There's his name escapes me. Tim McKinnery. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he has Lord like Percy. Really, yeah, <laughs> Lord Percy. He has really Terry Wogan hair, you know, with those sort of like the, the sort of graying, crinkly sideburns, and yeah. this slick dark hair that goes back just so. It was the eighties. Blazer and a tie. <laughs> so visually, visually, you look at him and you laugh. <laughs> and they have these sort of, and his parents are played by, oh, it's gone out of my head. The Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood television series, Keith Allen. Oh, yeah, Keith yeah. Allen. Plays his dad, who like despises him and thinks, you know, he's just a complete loser. <laughs> but then he becomes, again, towards the end, he's like, oh, it's my boy, go for it. And he really like just encourages him towards the very end. But all the way through, he's like, give up your rubbish, become a plasterer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and um, so it's good. And next film, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Go for it, Johnny. Oh, you want me to go for this one, do you? Okay, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I really liked it. Um, a couple of people didn't like it so much, but I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I think some people were really enjoyed the film but didn't enjoy the last last part of the film. Okay. Um, I, I Which really we can talk about happens. because it's a total spoiler. Yeah, it's a total spoiler. So, um, yeah, but on the whole, I really liked it. It's basically, I thought it was... was, was quite gripping and tense when they're it's basically the these people inside of uh, i guess you'd say a nuclear shelter a bunker yep. which this guy has prepared for ages and they're you know they 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 can't go outside for whatever reason all the chat won't let them outside and it's it's a story of the relationship between these people that live in the bunker you know what they mm-hmm. and um yeah no I, <laughs> I i really liked it i thought it was uh, a very a very tense movie but as i say we can't really say too much well right? it's the kind of thing you can't say too much although because it's called 10 cloverfield lane so it's kind of like in the title it links itself with a film from a couple of years ago called cloverfield which i which i absolutely hated <laughs> <laughs> and some people love but i just well, well the thing is uh, the, uh, the thing is when people ask me what cloverfield is i always describe cloverfield it's kind of like it's essentially like a godzilla movie but told from the point of view of uh, of somebody with a video camera. It's like a found footage thing. Found like you're yeah. done like Blair Witch, done like Paranormal Activity, that kind of stuff. And that's pretty much what Cloverfield is. So like if it was made in a typical way, it would be a Godzilla monster movie where a monster attacks a city. City, yeah. So, and, but it, so that's what Cloverfield is. And then they come up with this one. They say 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, like um, produced by J.J. Abrams. And it immediately links itself to, to Cloverfield. To Cloverfield. And... So it kicks off and the people, how they end up in the bunker is that this girl's driving along a road and then she crashes. Then she wakes up and she wakes up chained to in what looks like a basement or something. Then John Goodman, a character played by John Goodman, comes Mm. in. He unchains her and he says, look, um, something's going on outside. We can't go outside. And she finds out there's somebody else there. And Sean, you want to say something? Yeah, I did. Just about John Goodman's performance in this. I thought he played it. I thought he was outstanding this because you never knew if he was being creepy or if he was just like one yeah. of those strange people that yeah so you never really knew yeah you, you never, know because he's quite he wasn't he was just sort of matter of fact wasn't he and yeah. you're thinking now is he being creepy there or is it just the way he's that sort of person that he's yeah. one of those odd people that you know oh you can't go out you can't yeah. you know 
whether he's just very particular and he just yeah. likes things a certain S- way a certain or way. is he yeah. actually crazy yeah. or did he actually abduct her and why is he keeping her down here yeah. and what's this other guy doing and yeah. i think there's a lot of things in it where it's you you are wondering you are what yeah. Yeah, yeah and the one of the great things about the film is that you never find anything out before the character of the of the woman played by mary elizabeth winstead you you never find I can't remember what her name is but it's like you you never find anything out before she finds it out so you're no. finding out as she find like when she tries to escape and then yeah. something happens and she thinks oh my god um, is this guy right yeah this is guy and so, and it keeps lapsing into the bit where she's kind of like okay maybe he's right maybe I'm safer here with him hang on a second he does something and she's like maybe I need to get out of here yeah, and all yeah. that and it's but the 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 thing with me is when I saw the trailer I was found out about the film and once I knew that it was linked to Cloverfield I was a bit disappointed because. I felt like everything I expected to happen happened. Mm. So I thought I thought okay this is going to they're going to be in a bunker this is what's going to happen. Obviously that guy is he going to be and so I was like okay that's going to happen and so the film never really surprised me. I it says at no point did the film surprise me but I think that has, excuse me I think that has a lot to do with me just figuring things out and like mm. thinking okay and uh, I think it has a lot to do with th- stuff that isn't in the movie right in front of you. Yeah. It has a lot to do with me thinking, right, okay, look, this is, it has Cloverfield and titles linked to Cloverfield on the outside world. This is da 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 So I kind of felt like, yeah, nothing really surprised me in the film. Everything that happened, everything that I saw in the film, I expected to happen. Yeah. So even, even, even the ending? Especially the ending. Ending, yeah. 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 Especially but did, <laughs> that, the way that ending was? So. What? <laughs> There's a few. I thought to me there was a few shocks during when they're in the bunker. There's a couple of scenes where I'm thinking, okay, I didn't expect that to play out that way, mm-hmm. because there's the conventional way it would happen, and then they've tried to give it a little bit of a twist. So a few times I'm thinking, okay, that that. But then again, some of it I did think was derivative of other films. Mm-hmm. I'll just say a few films reminded me a little bit of Alien. Okay. 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 With the yeah, sort of I can strong see female with the, lead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I, Crawling I through the vents the, and through stuff. Through the vents, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. And how that you think, well, yeah, how the relationships change within the... Between the, the group, the, yeah. Between the group. Mm. And how one scene you see, yeah, John Goodman's character, one scene you see him like slightly beardy and a bit scruffy looking and then something happens and he turns up and he's clean shaven and he's cleaned himself up a bit. And you're thinking... Is that being creepy? Is he sort of presenting himself in a different light? light mm. yeah. And but so other things you think is he doing this to make her feel it comfortable, yeah. or is he doing this because he's trying to make a move? Make a move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's what I was saying with the like. Yeah, he, so again, I thought he was guy, very he good. Just, yeah. just a matter of fact, chat. And when there's one book where he's there's a I don't, I don't think it's a spoiler, but they're playing a game, isn't it? And he's saying then he has to go to like Wonder Woman or something, and he's pointing at the girl. <coughs> Saying, you know, what, who's this? Who's this? And it's like, she's a girl. She's a child. She's like, it's like, she's a woman. And it's like, huh? It's like, are you being creepy? Yeah. Because you can't mm. see that she's an adult, or are you just deliberately thinking, no, no, she's a little girl. I'm, I'm a, I'm an innocent guy. I'm an older guy. To me, she's a child. Mm. Or is it? Hey, a bit. I'm a pedo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then there's the whole thing that he, where he tells them stories about himself, but then you think like something and you think are these actually true is he making it up so I think think for a paranoid thing it does things quite well that works so that's that's the whole the help thing sort of in the bunker yeah Yeah. and and who's to say even with the ending who's to say that it's not something to do with with the original Cloverfield oh no it definitely might be a thing okay the thing thing is I think they they have gone ahead and they have linked 
they have said this film is linked to Cloverfield. They said it isn't a sequel, but it's set in the same world. Yes. And yeah. if you've seen Cloverfield, so for for essentially for me, if you've seen Cloverfield, I was kind of like, did you? So, what did you think of Cloverfield? Come on, give me give me your honest opinion. Well, what I thought Glover, I thought it was a clever idea. I, I, I really, really. Perhaps it's me. Perhaps it's found footage stuff. But I yeah. do not. I if didn't like the Blair it, Witch. I didn't like. Yeah, that. then it's, I didn't if, like if you don't like with the gallows, and I really can't be doing with that. Yeah, if you don't like, if you don't stuff. like the found footage stuff, you would hate it. Yes. Yeah. But I thought yeah. it was a clever idea, and I thought it was a bit of a different angle on a Godzilla movie or on like a monster rampaging through a city mm. movie. And, or an invasion film. Yeah, and, and and that that bit I quite that bit I quite liked. As a film itself, I thought that after a while the the concept kind of ran out of steam. I felt like the concept ran out of steam, and you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, we understand you're carrying a camera, yeah. And but there were a couple of bits in it. I think like the bit where they're walking. There's a bit where they're walking through the New York subway, and that bit I think is awesome. That it's they actually pull off a, and I didn't think this was possible, but they pull off in something in like you know the sort of camcorder thing yeah. that for me is and this is a big thing to say you know the whole thing in aliens where they're like they're coming closer they're coming Ten closer feet. oh yeah yeah two feet yeah. they're in the room it's like no they can't be in the room yeah they you should know? be right on top of us right right yeah. and then they go into the roof and then they see them they pull a bit off in cloverfield that for me is as effective as that where they're walking through the they walk through the New York subway and then they're like, "What's that?" It's like, well, "I don't know what that was." And then it's, because you're seeing everything through the through the lens of the camera, then they put on the night vision thing on the camera and then you just see all this stuff that was there that you was that you didn't see before. And for me, that I thought was a very very effective. So there's some good things in it. After a while, I think it gets it gets a bit much. But yeah, so I, th- I thought Cloverfield was okay. I wasn't expecting this to be anything like Cloverfield. But the thing is, once they tell you that this is in the same world as Cloverfield, you immediately you, have you that immediately know what is going on outside. You know immediately yeah, know yeah, what yeah. you immediately yeah. know what's going on outside. So when she goes out and she finds it, it's no surprise. For, well, for me, it wasn't. No, no, no. So, no, I, know so you mean. I mean, I think yeah. it's the kind of film that might be best to go watch if you've never seen Cloverfield. You don't know any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then I think it might be a. It might it might be a bit, it might be a lot more effective because I do think it's a good film, but I just I just don't think it was surprising. Interesting about found footage. What do you think? There's this new film out in the cinemas. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, and it was just released. I think it's called Hardcore Henry, and it's done like in the first person. And I've yeah. seen trailers, and I, I don't know if I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna go and see it just purely for the fact that I don't know what it's gonna. I've seen the trailer, and the trailer made me feel yeah, crazy, I and I was like, nah. Like, you know. So, so I don't know what that's like. You see a couple of hands sometimes, and, and it's all yeah. done okay. first person. Okay, yeah, so Hardcore Henry is essentially <laughs> it's a film about um, the the guy who made it has made a couple of shorts, right? And the whole idea is that it's imagine if you had an action action movie, but you see everything from the point of view of the guy who's doing the action. Yeah. And the shorts that he did that they've made are mental and are funny because you see the guy jump out of a window hit the ground roll over get him and punch somebody throw a gun in someone's face kick a tie over somebody else punch him a couple of times and, and so the have sh- you seen it and seen i've it? seen the film no, I've, seen, but... I've seen the shorts oh yeah because they're all over facebook and stuff and the shorts are brilliant because you think oh this is actually pretty cool because it looks like they did the whole thing in one shot which they probably didn't but still it's it's just really really cool I am worried as to how that's going to last over ninety minutes. Mm. Yes, because I think for short bursts, it's a bit. It's the same way I think about three D. I think you go to Disneyland, you go to Honey I Shrunk the Audience, and you put three D glasses on. Awesome. You're there for like five minutes. You see things thrown at the screen and all that. Great, brilliant. 
I do not like 3D for a 90 minute movie. For long. No, 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 I, I mean, can't like it either. Yeah, I, I just don't think it works. I don't think that they can do enough stuff with it in 90 minutes to make it worthwhile. Well, actually, I, I, I do actually sometimes flip up the glasses because there are I, times when you can actually, it's just like normal yeah, cinema, isn't I, it? I do yeah. the same thing. I just sort of flip it up. I think, oh, well, there's two people talking now, close up, so yeah. I can... And I, I'll, I'll flip them off. I, I do the same. If nothing else, just give my nose, nose. a rest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I wear glasses. So wearing those things on top of glasses is just excruciating mm. after about yeah. a quarter of an hour. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think a bit similar with Hardcore Henry. I think half an, I think an hour and a half. Mm. I think I'll probably go see it. But I think an hour and a half might be a bit much. Yeah. Because yeah. after a while, I think the concept will just great. A bit yeah. like with the Cloverfield, Cloverfield thing. thing. All right, cool. So that was it. Any other films? That's a but you, that I'm out. I'm okay. clear. Okay. So it's just Batman versus Superman. Oh. Batman versus Superman. <laughs> I haven't Dawn seen it and I've justice. heard lots, yeah. lots to talk about. I well, haven't let's, seen it myself, so I'm waiting let, to hear your yeah. opinion. Let, let's put it this let's put it this way. This film is probably going to be the most polarizing film this year. <sighs> And it's and and then that's why it's going to be a hit because people will not be able to make their minds up about it. Now, Sean, I don't know about you, but personally, my overwhelming feeling after watching this film is one of sadness. Oh, it's disappointment. One, yes, disappointment. Disappointment. Sadness and disappointment because disappointment. there's there's enough bits in this film to show you that it could have been awesome. Mm. There's enough bits, and this is the problem I had. Same thing with Man of Steel. Man of Steel. I, I, I like Man of Steel. I like. I think. I think Man of Steel is because obviously this is DC DC mm. Comics and it's um, directed by the same guy Zack Snyder who directed Man of Steel. Man of Steel, I think, is half an awesome movie. The first half of Man of Steel, I love. Yes. I think this is the best treatment of Superman we have ever seen. This is going well, and then it just degenerates into punch, bigger punch, punch, yeah. bigger punch. Just goes Buildings. on forever, one yeah. building after another, one and the, fight after another. And then the logic yeah. that they sort of set up and the setup that they've done of Superman so beautifully gets thrown out of the window, and then it just stops making sense. And mm. I feel like this film has similar problems <laughs> because to begin with, there's about I think uh, my I was watching the film and I was thinking this should have been a straight Superman sequel. Yeah, it should just have had Superman. Let's follow on the story about what's it like if you have a god living amongst men. How do people react to him? How does he react to that? How does he get people on his side? It should have been a straight Superman sequel because there's about five different films happening in this one film. Okay. So yeah. the first twenty minutes is like you're introduced to all these different storylines that are going on. You kick off with Batman and you start seeing. Like Batman's parents getting killed again, <laughs> and he didn't so, like it presumably. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bats again, yeah. again, and bats again, and he falls on a well again, and you you see that bit, and then it starts off with Batman, and is Batman there for for quite a while, to be honest with you. Then it, it should it gets with one of the shots that makes me think, oh, this could be awesome because they show the fight at the end of Man of Steel but all from Bruce Wayne's perspective, perspective yeah. on the ground in Metropolis. And he's driving around. and yeah. So you have all these bits that you can remember from Man of Steel, like a, like a spaceship flying past, the Superman and Zord fly. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, this could be, this is a good sequence on its yeah. own. Yeah. It's a good set of its own. Then you go into like, and then they have the, the Superman story of Superman. What's Superman doing with Lois Lane? And how does Superman and Lois, how did they do the whole character? And, and then it's it, so, so it goes, okay, Batman. Oh, good set. Okay, forget about that. Now we have a Superman story. Forget about that. Now we have this other, and it just keeps bringing these things. So it doesn't hang together as a film. It's just a collection of scenes, but they don't really hang together. And obviously, then you bring in Lex Luthor, and that's like a whole other story. And then the Lex Luthor is played by Jesse Eisenberg, and the way he plays Jesse Lex Luthor, people will have issues with because it's essentially like Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. Yeah, it's Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> it's, it's essentially he's playing. I'm, I'm I'm gonna put in one thing that 
quite early on in the film, and I mean it's in the trailer, so mm-hmm. it's not going to be a spoiler. Is there's a bit where he says he's actually in the trailer. He says, "Oh, they're, they're, the people on the third floor. I'm going to drop you off on the second floor," and <laughs> it's not really to do with this, the Superman thing at all. Anyway, but you've got all these super military people, and there's about a dozen, 15 of them, and every single one of these 15 military soldiers have got their gun in one position at the door waiting for him to come in. Oh, really? And after that, I thought, they're not well, covering the I room can understand well, comic books and I can understand, it's a bit like all the ones running around in Allegiance and I thought, yeah. that is the most stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's like there, it's like that door there if, and, and everybody had their... their all, yeah. So well, no one's the, checking the window. And no the one's checking people. the other points. Yeah, well, and, and, the, and this is the thing. This is the thing that, that this is the sad, annoying thing about the film. It keeps doing things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It keeps throwing, and people will say, or I, I say it keeps throwing logic out of the window. And people will say, well, it's a man who wears his underpants over his trousers and flies. Oh, I can be complete. I'm like, no, I don't. That's not what I'm talking about. No. Because a film, I think every film has to be consistent with its own internal yeah, logic. Yeah. Yes. For sure. So if they say, this is a world in which a man can fly. Okay, fine. I have accepted that. A man can fly. We know that. Now, now let's talk about the motivation of the characters. They just don't make any sense. Lex Luthor has a plan, and Lex Luthor's plan is... Nobody can make any sense of it. It's like, it's like, what the hell is he doing? Why is he doing that? Yeah, why is he doing that? What is it? What is his motive? You know, is it why do that when that's going to happen? This makes no sense. Exactly. It's like it's like there's many bits in the film that you just think this is making no sense at all. And the the film's called Batman versus Superman, so obviously they've got to deliver a Batman versus Superman fight. And there's. I think this fight probably has more invention than any of the fights in Man of Steel, quite frankly. <laughs> There's one particular moment that I really, really like in the fight. It's a bit like, you know, where Superman is against the wall and Batman's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think there's one particular moment. I don't want to spoil too much about it, but the reason why the fight has to happen, I remember I spoke to somebody and he was like, there was no reason for that fight. <laughs> there was absolutely no reason for that fight exactly. to happen. He was like, it was as if they just went, oh, we have to make them fight. Yeah. Therefore, we're going to... And there's one moment, there's one moment in this film that is the most groan-inducing moment <laughs> I have experienced in a cinema in the last, in the last 10 years. I've got, because it happens, and Sean, you know the one I'm talking about, right? It, that, this, <laughs> it, and everybody I know who's watching this film has said exactly the same. Even people who defend the film. So this moment happens, and I'm sitting down there going, What? No, you did. No, no way. There, no, yeah. oh, good. there is no way you were trying to get away with that. <laughs> okay, I, I was, I'm intrigued now. No, I, I was. Oh, no, it happened. I, I was, know. It's, yep. But I'll probably recognise the moment then if I you, saw you, it. You will totally know the moment. You will recognise the moment. No, exactly. And, yeah. it is, and it happens, and I'm like, there is no way you. Oh fuck! Who the hell wrote this thing? <laughs> and it, because it, it's just the moment that it just makes. It makes a nonsense of the entire film. Okay. It makes it makes an absolute uh, really, nonsense. Really it is really. rubbish. And then and and the problem is, that, I mean, after I finished watching it, I texted some of my friends saying Zack Snyder needs to get somebody to help him with the final third of his movies because he doesn't seem to know how to end them. And right. because that bit happens, and then something carries on, and then it's in the trailers. And the thing is, the trailers for this film spoil the entire film. Yeah. They, they spoil it. So there's a character called Doomsday who in the comics was a guy who was this weird creature who doesn't speak or anything like that. And he shows up in a, 
he shows up in uh an arc in a story arc of the of of superman called the death of superman which might be a spoiler might not be a spoiler i'll leave you to go watch the film and figure it out they show him in the trailer he shows up like right at the end of the movie and it's just kind of like there's no point for him to be in the film and the way they do him is crap the yeah. way they the way they come up with the story on what he's there is crap how he how he's actually even vented in the film makes no sense and it just and uh, and then the wonder woman they brought Wonder Woman in, and I actually quite like Wonder She's Woman. She's the best thing yeah. in the whole movie. <laughs> exactly. right. and, and when she shows up, when she shows up, like even the music and everything like that, it's like uh, people have been raving about the music for this for this Wonder Woman bit. But when she shows up, it's, it's actually quite good. And the because I'm I've been a fan of Superman and Batman ever since I've been a kid. Yeah. So the shot that they have of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman together. I have to admit, even though I feel like they have taken my childhood memories and stumped <laughs> all over them, that shot gets me kind of like, oh, oh, this is kind of cool. You go like the DC triumvirate of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, they're together. And it it, do, it does get me going. It, it gets me a little bit. Yeah. But the rest of the film just, eh. So, but essentially in the DC, what I think, Sean, sorry, I'll let yeah, you. Yeah, no, let, no, that's cool. That's cool. I'll you let you talk on, in a sec. I can see there's a lot of stuff I need to get out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You go for it. What I think, right, is that I mean, people keep say, people say things like, "Oh, DC and Marvel, you can't really compare the two of them; they're two different things." But the way DC are going about making their movies makes you have to compare them it's because sure. Marvel decided we want to make Iron Man. We'll see how that goes. We'll we'll focus on making one good Iron Man movie. Then at the end of it, they said, "Oh, we'll put something there that says, let 'Let's talk to you about the Avengers,' just like a teaser." Mm. And then people are like, "Oh my God, the Avengers are coming!" They're like, "Well, the Avengers might not be coming. We're going to make a couple of other movies and see how they go." Then we're going to make an Incredible Hulk movie. We're going to make a Thor movie. We're going to make a Captain America movie. We're going to build these guys up. We're going to give them sequels. And then we're going to do the Avengers and make sure that that's good and makes sense just and holds like together. Comics, really, just yeah, how exactly. The went. Yeah. And so they did that. DC have been sitting around on their butts. And I've realized all of a sudden that they've given Marvel an 11-year head start yeah. and are going, we need to catch up now. So and they're so, going to throw everything into So they're trying film. to throw everything in. And there's so many things in this film that just sm- that just stink. <laughs> they stink, stink of they panicking. They stink oh. of people panicking yeah, and trying to do. and trying to get this thing up together and trying to make this child grow up really quickly when the <laughs> child is not ready. Mm-hmm. And and the only bit of this whole DC world that I'm looking forward to is the Wonder Woman movie because that's the only bit that seems to have had any sort of thought and actual coherent thought put behind it to build something that makes sense. I, I agree. And I mean, when they look at some other heroes that are going to be in the Justice League, haven't they? They've got... They, they, yeah, they, they've they, got... Oh, they, they, they put the they, Flash, they put Cyborg, yeah, but, Aquaman. I mean, what's that Aquaman thing all about, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you know the bit I mean. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly. I mean, the bit that's just like Green Arrow part of that as well. Oh, no, Green, Green Arrow is is but he's not going to be part of the first movie. Okay. Yeah. Because I've well, I'm aware of Arrow. I haven't seen the series, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've like the thing is I actually T- DC TV universe is quite good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm looking at that and I, I do not understand. I think they need to let the DC TV people. Do, do the world do the movies and, and yeah yeah and do the world building because yeah. it just sucks i mean, it, I mean what the- <laughs> yeah i'm so glad people. Um, I, the the thing to see right the thing to see here i don't know if you've ever seen um there, there's a great thing you can do on youtube right, right it's a great website it's called hitler rants have yes. you ever seen oh those? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Seen have you seen have you seen you need to watch the hitler rants about the Batman versus Superman Rotten Tomatoes rating, yeah, or Rotten Tomatoes, and it just says it. And funny enough, it just says it all. It says about Marvel, and it goes, oh, you know, they know what they're doing. Marvel. Not, oh, he goes, oh well, uh, we have got the 
the Suicide Six coming out soon. Oh, Suicide <laughs> Squad, yeah. Suicide Squad coming yeah. out soon. Uh, you know, but it's it's really worth a look. You yeah. should watch that because it the, says it all. Yeah, because I, I really I really think that they're panicking, and by doing mm. that, they are trying this, to rush this. I'm, I feel so sad. This could have been an awesome Superman movie. We could have had two yeah. awesome Superman yeah. movies. And I've got to be honest, Zack Snyder, I like him. I like Watchmen. I like 300. He's done some good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's bits of Sucker Punch I really like. Yeah. But I just feel like he's the wrong director for this stuff. And the fact that he's directing Justice League fills me with dread. Mm. Yeah, no, I, so, I, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit worried about that. Yeah. I mean, see now... Um, who who was it who had the Spider-Man films? Which come Sam Raimi? No, that was no, Sony. Yeah, Sony. Well, Sony have had the sense because the Superman, the Spider-Man films have have been pretty they, awful. They, they realized they've had the sense. Look, we're gonna. Yeah, they realized we, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, with we it. don't know what we're doing. We'll give it to Marvel. And and he pops up in oh, the latest. Oh yes, I've seen him in the trailer. La- latest for- trailer. Civil War. Hey guys. Captain America <laughs> like, Civil hey War. Hey everybody. Guys. Yeah, hey everybody. That's it. And he looks, he does actually look, look the part, I think. What so like they, they, they've, they've used their sense because I think it's the same with the Fantastic Four have not been doing so. Oh, uh, yeah. They? Fantastic Four, they're with Fox. Yeah, they're, they're with Fox. And so X Men. But X Men is. is X Men's like okay. Men. X Men's okay. X Men's yeah. okay. Deadpool, but that's been. Deadpool, I think, is mainly down to Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, yeah. To be honest yeah. with you, he, he understands that character. And this is the thing. Marvel understand their characters. That's it, exactly. And they love their characters. Like, Ryan Reynolds understands Deadpool and loves Deadpool, which is why he made that film. I do not think, and even hearing him speak in interviews and stuff, I do not think Zack Snyder understands Superman. No. Or particularly likes Superman. There's bits of when he talks about it that make me think, this guy thinks Superman's a little bit silly. Yeah. And he's making a film that somebody who thinks Superman's a little bit silly would make and be like, well, we don't really need that. We'll chuck that out. I will get rid of that. Yeah, why wouldn't he kill people? It doesn't make any sense. We just haven't killed somebody. And it's, and it's yeah. like, and it, yeah, I'm, so, I'm just sad. Yeah, I, I, I was what, so, so disappointed. Yeah, because I was so looking forward to it. Well, I, I, I wasn't looking I mean, forward to it. Oh, and you wasn't. I was disappointed because I saw bits where I thought this could have been awesome. The Superman bits in the story, where they're talking about Superman and what this all means, like those bits are for me the best bit of the film. Where you're talking about Superman and all that kind of, yeah. and then all this other stuff starts happening and just messes the whole thing up. And I'm going to stop ranting now, even though I could go for a whole. You, you wanted to say something. I could go for a day. No, I was just going to say, I normally wait till I, I, I wait till the rush has passed when I tend to watch these things. So I wasn't looking forward to it and I was a bit like, yeah, but I will probably see it out of pure curiosity. I, no, I think no, I may have to see it again just to. I don't think it was, oh, and oh, one thing I have to say though, Ben Affleck as Batman, it was awesome. See, yeah, I didn't like I've him heard as Batman. That, oh, you did. okay. I didn't like him as Batman. I much prefer. I think um, I I I like uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale was Batman. Well, then it's, yeah. I mean, that's but I think it's a different Batman. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a, it's but, a, it's but a not, very very not, not one that I like. But then it's I, because you know when he was announced as Batman, everybody was like, "Oh my oh, god, went, yeah, yeah. the world's gonna end!" And I I actually thought I actually thought that he did a really good job, That's both both in the suit and out of the suit. Have you I've have you seen that. have you seen the bit where um. Like they're doing an interview about the the, the reactions oh, the, to the, the film. Sad, sad and Affleck. The sounds of silence. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but there's one with a whole whole uh, what what he must be thinking. Oh no, I did Daredevil, and that, that's <laughs> you know. So oh, yeah. yeah, Batfleck. No, he 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 didn't do it for me as Batman. I'm sorry. I um I didn't I I didn't like him as Batman. Mm. I'm afraid. Okay, but yeah, that's it. Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And I think we. Sh- I think after that we shall stop. Yeah, I was I, getting I, a bit heated. 
I have seen some other films, but we'll stop. Yeah, there. yeah, we can we yeah. can carry on another time. I'll just say Kung Fu Panda three. Thought was the weakest of the three and of the ones i've seen but uh we'll carry another time so until that thank you for listening to me rant <laughs> mostly thank you it's Sh- cathartic it is it is quite cathartic but uh, there's so much there's so much still oh, in here yeah, there's so much, so much still in here <laughs> they're messing with my childhood and um yeah uh till next time we shall see you on they don't make them like they yeah. used to Goodbye. thank you bye <laughs>